Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Hey, good evening. Welcome. Good evening. It's not really evening, right? <laughs> no, it's kind of still afternoon. Okay, so October 20th, 2014. Welcome, everyone, to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. I am Charlie. And I'm Eva Lewandowski. The mission of Corporate Talk is to leave no one, no stone unturned and use all our collaborative powers to make a difference in the workplace, even as one person, to make something better, right? We're in it together. It's absolutely true, and we are part of the Workplace Improvement Revolution. The Workplace Improvement <laughs> Revolution. So let's charge it up, right? Yes, we will. Uh, some notes. We are on the road starting tomorrow. Yes, we are. So, uh, you know, we're not going to be on our home turf, so we have to be, I don't know. On our game. On our game, yes. yes. Um, we will be speaking at the Hotel Pennsylvania on October 23rd. Anyone in New York City, mm-hmm. come to the sixth floor. Um, Thursday at six o'clock. Yes. And we will give you a hug. Okay. <laughs> and insight. Yes. Um, one of the things we're proud of is the fact that we meet personally just about every single guest that we have on the show. Mm-hmm, we do. And we're really proud of the content we're able to deliver. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we've noticed over the years right? Yeah. Is uh, most of the content that we bring, most of what's needed is really outside the office. It's what you can do outside of your office and workplace to help yourself improve inside the office and the workplace. Well, that's what I always say, right? I mean, if you're not feeling good about yourself and your situation and what's happening in your personal life and you aren't working on your own personal development, how is that all going to change when you get, you know, clock in at 7.30, 8 a.m., right? Yeah, it's a challenge because, you know, it's consuming. Your career work, it's consuming and it spills into a relationship. It does. And vice versa, I guess. Well, yeah. Right? I mean, it, the way you relate in a relationship isn't really that different the way, to the way you relate to your coworkers many times. Yeah, it's almost like we have to be jugglers. Yeah. Right? And, um, you know, I go back one time watching a Yankees game, excuse me. Um, Tommy John, one of the pitchers, his son had a terrible accident and he pitched the next game. Please. And he was kind of saying, you know, you get strength from one situation to help you with another situation. Mm, that right? makes sense, yeah. That and was a, good. And, of course... And we're grateful that his family had a happy ending with that. But it was a good lesson to learn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, work shouldn't impact your relationship and hopefully vice versa. Right. And I do agree with work is work, right? I mean, when you come to work, you don't really want to just share all your personal information. However, I mean, no matter how you slice it, what's, in, what's happening in your personal life isn't going to impact your work life. But I do think you should separate personal and work. Right. So if, if that makes sense. If, yeah, it does. If it's just not that easy. 
No, and that's why that we have great guests with great insight. Yes. Um, so, okay, so you're trying to help your company. Mm-hmm. You're trying to do more with less. Yes. You're trying to grow your career, but you can't get your life out of your head, and it's impacting your job. Yes. Right. It's terrible. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. I guess that's why they call it work. No, that's not really why. Right? No, that wasn't why. <laughs> um, anyway. We've called it work for other reasons, but not for that reason. Right. And there's no easy solution, and we're all in it together. Mm-hmm. So whatever we can bring to the table to help others, we will do. Um, we've had some great guests in the past. In fact, last week, George Hathaway, he was really good. Um, and, of course, our previous shows are available 7 by 24 Corporate talk. Talkzone.com slash blah, 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 Corporate Talk with Charlene Eva. Mm-hmm. Something like oh, you, that. You just have to find us under the business channel, and there we are, featured. Okay, so, you know, building up to this week, this week um, we're going to meet with a great guest that has a great story, mm-hmm. um, and it's a little over the top, and we'll let her describe what it is. So I would love to introduce our very special guest today, Pamela Evans. Pamela, are you with us? I uh, sure am. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank We're you so much. We're excited to have yes. you. <laughs> uh, welcome to Corporate Talk, and thanks for being patient in the beginning while I babble. But, you know, that's my three minutes of fame every week. <laughs> I right. listen to every word. <laughs> um, well, it's true, right? We're in it together, and whatever we can do to help, we need to do. Exactly. Um, so, Pamela... Before we start, maybe share your contact information or website or how we can reach you while we are talking. Sounds great. My name is Pamela Evans, and you can reach me at marrier at ring-exchange.com. That's my email address. And the website address is www.ring-exchange.com. RingExchange.com. Nice. So, okay. So, tell us um, as we begin what that basically means, because that's a that's an interesting even email address, right? <laughs> I loved it when you said this topic may be a little bit over the top. I guess I would ask folks out there, how many multiple marriers do you know? Did Did you know there are five percent of us in the U.S. population today? Um, and that number is shrinking, thank goodness, because people are waiting later to get married, and hopefully those marriages are going to last, or a lot of people are choosing not to get married at all today. But there are multiple marriages out there. You always think of celebrities, but we are your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers, and your family members, and often uh, people have myths around multiple marriage. So I decided to write a book about two years ago called Ring Exchange, Adventures of a Multiple Marrier, and it took this very serious taboo subject, lightened it up, there's a lot of humor in the book, and basically it was about my marital journey and the lessons I finally learned when I had an aha moment and decided to make a change and break my unhealthy relationship patterns. So that's what this whole topic is about, and I've just released my second edition of the book, which has a three-step process, some quizzes, um, and some fun things in it that will help you along even further. Um, unbelievable. And I know when we met, right, and we were talking, we met in New York City. Right. You, we get a sense right away that, um, 
you're the real deal and we can talk just corporate stuff for hours and hours because of your background. And it's interesting that, you know, how one carries over into the other and you can use insight kind of like what we were saying earlier. Right. Um, Excuse me. So it really is amazing. And um, maybe the best place to start um, for me would be what – how would you – describe an unhealthy relationship. I mean, and that could be in a marriage, of course. Well, I would even take a step back and say, how do you describe um, multiple marriages? Are we saying two, three? Okay. Yes. So, yeah. uh, right. Okay. I can answer all those questions. Okay, great. <laughs> we know you can. <laughs> <laughs> if you like, I'll start with how many marriages. Well, today that's three marriages or more. People who've been married three times or more are considered multiple married. And the number one state with the most multiple marriers happens to be Arkansas. Believe it or not, it's not California. It's not New York State. We're under the uh, national average uh, because this is often associated with socioeconomic reasons. And in my case, my first marriage was at the ripe young age of 18. And the multiple marriers I studied all fell into the range of about mm, 16, 17 to 21. And so we set off on our life path without really any life experience, maybe just a basic education, um, no chance to travel, or in my case, not really having the social negotiation skills, which created the biggest problem for me, both in my work and in my personal life, not being able to assert myself, not setting boundaries, and not being able to get what I really need and deserve and not making myself a priority. Well, it's interesting. And that's what you preach. Yes, it is right. what I preach. And I like the way you bring that up because it absolutely impacts your ability to have a career as well. I mean, all of those traits that you just talked about, setting boundaries and not really having the life skills in place, that's going to impact your career. So it was, and I know that you've had a really long corporate career and so learning those life skills in navigating those marriages must have also helped you in your career as well. It actually did. And the stability I had in my life when I had this turbulent personal life was my work. My workplace was where I got attention, acceptance, approval for the most part, and where I really focused and performed well, believe it or not. A lot of people said, you know, when you were getting married and divorced and separated and all, that didn't that affect you in the workplace, well, actually, I kept a lot of those transactions a secret at the time. I would put on my polyester suit and pearls and get up and go to work and put a smile on my face and do the best I I could. And and I stayed at one company 12 years, longer than I stayed in any marriage. So I found stability and I found a family in the workplace. But I made an awful lot of mistakes as I was moving up the ladder into the management chain um, because I was making the same mistakes at home in my personal relationship and with family and friends that I was doing at work. That's, you know, there's a lot there. It's very complicated, there's a lot there, right? Yeah, I so, but I just wanted to go back while I remember my, my question. When you were describing the multiple marriage couple or person, someone with three or more, and the demographic seem to be from 18 to 20-something. Does that mean where where it begins, the first one? For the most, 
part, for the most part, most multiple marriages have gotten married very young, and most have done so to get freedom and independence from family, or if they felt pressured in some way, shape, or form. Uh, the studies I did, now childhood is never an excuse, but it's an explanation. The multiple marriers I studied and then the research I did exposed a few facts that most multiple marriers were raised by authoritative parents, and I certainly was, by southern, very strict southern parents. And uh, so I sort of kept my head down, and I was used to authority. So the uh, men that I married were all very controlling and very domineering because that's what I was used to. I didn't have to make the tough decisions. I just sort of lived my life by default and in response mode. I did that at work many, many times. I wouldn't take the tough decisions. I would let another team member, because I didn't like conflict, and I wanted to be known as the popular manager. I wanted to make everybody happy. I liked harmony because conflict made me very uncomfortable. Especially because that's all you had, right, was when you were at work. Exactly. So... uh, you know, I, I had some of the same, uh, you know, you take yourself wherever you go. You take your personality, your behavior, and your actions, and I think people forget that. I was the same person at work, generous, kind, loving, that I was at home. But sometimes I wasn't the tough boss. Sometimes I didn't know how to transition from being a manager to being a true leader. At home, I was organized and kept the home fires burning. At work, I did the same thing. But it's not always about management. It's about leading. It's about coaching. It's about mentoring. It's about being someone that others admire and respect and want to be like. So uh, there were so many lessons along the way. And when I was writing this book, they sort of all came out. And I think my next book is really going to do a better job of tying personal relationship mistakes that we all can make uh, and tying that to the corporate world. Unbelievable. Um, This is very interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Especially really when is, you yeah. have the lessons learned from a multiple Maria and also in applying within the corporate world. Right. I mean, it really is something. So this is great. Uh, please stay with us. We're going to take our first break, mm-hmm. but we will be right back um, with special guest Pamela Evans, author of Ring Exchange, Finally Getting It Right, Life Lessons from a Multiple Maria, which was just recently released, and we'll talk more about that when we come back. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie Neva. Stay with us. CARE Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning Shared Leadership Training Seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization, regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company, but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars. But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information and to order, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today is author 
Pamela Evans, and she's the author of second of the second edition of Ring Exchange, Finally Getting It Right, Life Lessons from a Multiple Marrier, which was um, released on October 2nd. So, Pamela, I'm loving this conversation that we're having, especially when you talked about that, you know, your father, you know, was a very authoritative figure, kind of domineering is what I was getting, and that you were also marrying that same type of person. And so that's very insightful, but also really difficult to start moving forward and getting out of that dynamic. And so what was it that happened that actually made you start to see, you know, this is impacting not only my personal life, but also my professional life. And, you know, when did you start kind of moving away from that and start to see that, oh, I've got this pattern that needs to be broken? (laughs) Well, I actually had four marriages and four divorces before my 50th birthday. I really like the couple thing, obviously. And Mm -hmm. I didn't break the pattern uh, by mistake, actually. Well, the first two gentlemen I dated after my last divorce in 2000 um, didn't really want uh, a permanent relationship. So that was easy. That kept me away from the altar. Then I met a gentleman that I really admired and respect, and we started on a friendship level first. He was the one who helped me break the pattern. Uh, we were in a very serious relationship. I had a very difficult time telling him about all the marriages, and I didn't tell them, him about all of them in the very beginning because I was afraid he would bolt from the relationship. And we've had a lot of fun discussions about that since. But he was the one who said, you know, Pam, I, I love you very much. I'm not going away, but listen to me. He said, you are living your life vicariously through me. You're always here for me, but I can't give you 101% of my energy. I'm co-parenting two adolescent sons. I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, you need to find yourself and find your passions in life, what makes you truly happy. And you need to start asserting yourself, even with me. Why do you always expect me to decide which movie to go to or what, where to go for dinner? Um you know, you need to start asserting yourself, and you'd be surprised. People will have a lot more respect for you. Even the family members who love you dearly will start behaving differently around you, and you will feel more satisfied. That gentleman is my fifth husband today. We got married after eight and a half years, uh, so we road tested it for sure uh, in December. And uh, he was the one who actually told me, you need to write this book. This will be healing for you. You're going to learn a lot, and you can help others, not just multiple marriers, but people who I call relationship repeaters, people who wave in and out of relationships, even jobs, I guess, uh, who are looking for permanency, but they never can find it. Uh, So he has been a a wonderful coach for me, and he is not a psychologist. He's an engineer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's terrific, and and congratulations, by the way. Um, What I like what he said was he had so much insight into what you were doing because you just struck on a point that I thought was really interesting is that you can get divorced, but if you don't start looking to see what the underlying issue is in that divorce or even if you're switching jobs like you just mentioned, if you're not looking at what the underlying issues are, you're going to walk right back into the same type of relationship. It's just going to have a different face on it. He may look completely different, but the underlying dynamic, I would think, would be very much the same. And by him noticing that in you, he helped you break that cycle, which was really amazing. 
It was amazing. And I started reading self-help books. I got some one-on-one relationship counseling, and I didn't tell him about that right away. And I chose a male because I wanted the male perspective. And it wasn't about the couple thing. It was really about me in a relationship. It was very interesting. A lot of us don't look at the driver's for why we make decisions. For each time I got married, it was for a different reason. First, freedom from it, from family. Second, I married up status. I was raised in an upper middle class family, but this was an upper, upper, oh, we look like upper poor people compared to this family. So status. Third time, I just moved to California. It was loneliness. I was very lonely. I had to be with someone. And the fourth time, Mm, just, I guess, emotional security. And by then I was too hard to try to fix some very complex issues in that fourth marriage. And I look at why I have chosen companies. Very, very interesting. I've chosen companies because I was flattered that they came seeking me. I've uh, gone to a company because it's a global position, high-powered, lots of money, lots of stock, great title, wasn't necessarily a good fit. I uh, chose a company that I did not vet well, and that culture was not good for me. I hung in there for a while, but it really wasn't the best culture for me. And so, as you said, Eva, you really need to analyze. You need to step back and look at the situation you're leaving or have just recently left. Run the videotape. Look at the pros and the cons of what you contributed to that situation, whether it be, you know, at the company, your boss and your coworkers, or your husband, your partner, and look at the red flags you might have missed because they will pop up, and often we don't address them because we don't, it's too painful, it's too difficult, and we just want things to work out that we play the waiting game and hope that everything will resolve itself. I mean, I had a boss, I sat around and waited for her to leave the company, and she never did. And I finally had to go when I wasn't really willing and ready to go. So, And I did that in marriages. I waited until they were unsalvageable. And then on one occasion, I ran out the door with everything in garbage bags at 42 years of age as a homeowner. So, (laughs) you know, there are a lot of parallels here in, in the workplace and personal life, and we need to pay attention. Right. Well, and I thought what you said was really insightful, too, about why you went into each one of the marriages. And what came to mind for me was you went to the marriage without looking into yourself to see how you could take care of that issue. Right. And it was what you had said that your current husband had said to you that it was time for you to start finding yourself to see what it was that you liked. Because it was like you were always looking for someone else to help fill all those voids that you were discussing. And I'm wondering if that's, you know, that's what people I would think also do in the workplace. You know, we're always looking to find this thing that's going to help us feel better about ourselves. And a lot of times we find that at work. And then we get angry when we're not getting what we want from work, when we're not really looking at what is it that we're bringing to the table. It gets complicated. It, it does, and that is just that is so true. And I guess the self-awareness issue was huge for me. And having my own personal identity, I always had to attach myself to a person or a thing to find that happy place. And it never really brought me peace. It didn't bring me self uh, self assurance or confidence or or self-esteem. And when I finally discovered, I did a lot of um, research about my own personality. I've taken everything from the Strength Finder test to Myers-Briggs 
the Enneagram, uh, astrology. I've really looked at me. Now I know my strengths and my weaknesses. I know where I can improve. I know where I, you know, where I'm strong. And mm-hmm. I can navigate life much better at home and at work knowing who I am and what really makes me tick. You were going to say something. Well, I, yeah, we're, it's very complicated. It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Human um, beings are complicated and relationships are complicated. And it, we don't just have to talk about romantic relationships. It's relationships with, with friends who may come and go in your life. And family members can be difficult and certainly coworkers and managers. No, I agree. Um, uh, there's some interesting parallels um, but what you just said a second ago uh, makes me wonder too like um, certain personality traits kind of uh, promote certain behaviors mm-hmm. and that could impact your relationship whether wherever it is as well and that's where self-assessing comes in so that you know right? Well and I think what it happened, especially like our generation, and you had that domineering male figure, you know, the dynamic between men and women, you know, starts when we're just little kids. And if you've got that dominating parental figures, even if both of them are dominating, you never really figure out what it is that you like. Your whole your whole childhood is spent figuring out how to please somebody else, never how to please yourself. Mm-hmm. And I was you know, always in service and support type jobs. I mean, if I, if I start off my career, I was like Dolly Parton in 9 to 5. I go back to the 70s. I was, you know, buying the boss's wife's gifts and making the coffee and all of those things. I was used to service. Mm-hmm. I still am, but in a different way. I do it for nonprofit organizations that, that I care about. And uh, But there is balance and there's uh, equality. I, I came up with this concept in a relationship of separate but equal and together and equal. Separate but equal means when you're in a relationship with two people that you have your interests, your passions, uh, your love of life, and you never give over your personal power. You keep yourself within you. But you have the together and equal, too, where you have some shared values and shared interests and some shared passions, not all of them, but you can come together and communicate well on an equal and healthy basis. And that's what I'm striving for in my life today uh, at home and at work is to have that healthy balance but never lose myself to make others happy, to make others like me, or to be more successful. That's great, yeah. And... I like because you've then taken all those lessons learned and then put them all in your book, right? And so it's great that you were able to take all this and compile it into a book that you can help others with this because you're not the only one that struggles with this. There's so many people out there that are struggling with it. And it's not necessarily that you have to be a multiple marrier. It may be that, you know, you date a lot and never marry. You know, I didn't get married until I was 51, you know, and, and yeah. there's a pattern there. I had the same type of pattern with my childhood as well. But what I did is I just put it all into work and kind of let the relationships go to the wayside. Hmm. And it takes a lot of work to kind of change that dynamic. Um, you, we have to take a break in about a minute, but so let's take that minute and I know that you have some red flags for individuals when they're in a relationship, like what some of those red flags are 
that we sometimes maybe, you know, kind of gloss over and pretend like we don't know? Well, you won't be surprised, but you need to watch for control issues. They pop up pretty frequently, pretty early, and we often want to stay in a relationship so much that we just sort of overlook uh, the narcissism in another person or their need to always make the decisions. Uh, so control issues are huge. Uh, that's one of them. Uh, addictive behaviors. Mm. Somebody likes to go to Reno and gamble every weekend. Well, you know, maybe once or twice a year, that's okay. But if it's every weekend and they're taking the paycheck, that might be a problem later on in the relationship or the marriage. So yeah, that's really two good. Examples. And very uh, common. And very common, yes. yes. Okay, so no, this is great. Thank you. Um, we are going to take a break. We're going to come back, talk a little bit more about um, Pamela and her background. We want to hear her strategies, mm-hmm. the advice she gives from her book. We want to hear how to get the book. We we want to understand what we're getting in the book because she seems, Pamela, you seem to have thrown it out there for everyone um, as an example to help others, which I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, stay with us. Corporate Talk with Charlie, Eva, and very special guest Pamela Evans. We'll be right back. Let Charlie Labosco show you how to revolutionize your presence in the workplace. Charlie is looking to improve the workplace, and by that he means your relevance in it. Charlie has over 40 years in the corporate workplace. He has seen the unbelievable, mind-boggling, off-the-charts changes in technology, but no real change in our day-to-day and sometimes toxic workplace behavior. Charlie's mission is to revolutionize the workplace by providing the training and the tools needed to lead any organization regardless of your job description. For more about Charlie and how to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, visit charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Okay, guys, we are back. Um, Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva and our very special and interesting guest, Pamela Evans. Mm -hmm. So share with us again your website, Pamela, and, and also your book and how we can get that book. Sure. The website is www.ring.com exchange.com and my book is available on my website it's at Amazon Barnes and Noble and I'm actually coming out with relationship cards that will come in a ring box 30 of them with a problem on one side and the solution on the other so you want to watch for that Wow oh, that's that, terrific yeah that would be even I see this as a, a corporate seminar workshop right mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I'm thinking about that very cool um, before we go into some of the strategies that you have developed and that you want to share, I was trying to figure out a little bit of what you were saying in that um, it could be a slippery slope at work because if your behaviors are making, let's say, a relationship outside of work go south, right? Inside of work, since that's all you have, it's interesting that those behavior patterns actually are encouraged at work. 
especially the service part, especially saying yes to everything and being everything for everyone. Mm -hmm. And then, so I can see, because I had that happen also to myself, and um, I leaned more at work. Why are these people so nice? I'm getting more encouragement at work than anywhere. But then I realized that all I was to everyone was a servant. Mm -hmm. And I really was proud of myself and wanted to lead, but I never shared with anyone that I was capable of that. Does that make sense, Pamela, a little bit? It makes a lot of sense. And I, over the years, have had to learn to say, I can't do this for you, but what I can do. Or, you know, to use negotiation skills, and I've taken a lot of courses in that over the years now, uh, to help me, you know, set those boundaries and assert myself and still be service-oriented. You know, I have a customer-facing job, and I support salespeople and customers and our partners and our executives cross-functionally throughout the company. So I do have to be all things to all people, and so does my team. But what I'm teaching people is to be respectful of others, but to stand up or you'll fall for anything. And that is a lesson I've had to learn over time. And that goes back to the difference sometimes between a manager and a really effective Leader. I remember one time I had, um, he was a director level person working for me, very capable person. And he said, Pam, let me take this off your plate. Uh, Pam, I can do that. You know that program that you're thinking about launching? Uh, my team and I will do that. Before I knew it, I had given over all of my leadership and personal power to this person. I thought he was partnering with me, but he wasn't. And eventually he went to my superior and said, you know, I'm really doing all of Pam's work. You know, she called herself the strategist, but I'm doing strategy and operations. Yeah. So that was a, a real shock to me. Yeah. And so that was an issue I had to handle and correct very, very quickly. So you have to be careful there. And when you're in service mode and when you're trying to accommodate others, uh, I think you have to be vigilant there. So what's interesting, right, and, and listening to you speak, you know, we see the strength mm-hmm. and the leadership and the um, analysis and the self-assessing and the strategy. You see it coming out, right? Um, because, and you're throwing it out there, your book, your relationships and such. Um, I'm sure the commitment word must have come up somewhere, whether it's even in the corporate world, um, in those patterns. Does that yeah. make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. You have to always look at the circumstances. If you look at the marriages of multiple marriers and of myself, uh, most of them lasted about six, seven years. So it wasn't really hit or split. Uh, but what we didn't do, we didn't deal with issues as they came up. And I didn't prepare for marriage. And in some cases, I didn't prepare for my job. I got into the job and then started to do the work. We live in response and react mode most of the time. And so many of us are tactics first and then strategy. I test as a person who likes to execute and get things done and check off those lists. Uh, I also, uh, on the strengths finder test, very high and when it comes to strategy, but I like tactics. And I don't think many of us really have a life plan. Sometimes we have a career plan where we set goals and objectives and we work towards that, but often we don't have a relationship plan or a life plan. And that is the second step of my process is that 
Look at where you are today. Think about where you want to be in the next three to five years, longer term if you can. If you want to live and work abroad, then you need to prepare for that. And you need to look for a partner who would be willing to go with you or belong to uh, a cross-cultural organization that might have some of those shared interests. You don't just jump into things. And I think multiple marriers, relationship repeaters, and many others are very impulsive decision makers when it comes to the important life decisions. The decisions you make as a young person, the people you meet when you're at university, the first job you take, the people you meet at the I, – I met my current husband at a business networking th- uh, event about 10 years ago. So you never know, and you need to step back and vet yourself, vet your partner, vet the situation before you say, yes, I'm going to do this. Um, what I like is the courage that – you have not e- not even in making the decision and doing the homework now when you self-assess and all that analyzing and then the plan. Many of us want to, but we don't really know or have the, the courage to actually implement the strategy. We may not even know what a strategy is, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, is that the type of Um, encouragement and information we can get out of your book? Uh, Yes, somewhat, and like I say, I'd like to continue on. I've started the outline of the third book, actually, and this is the one where I will be a little bit more prescriptive about that. My first book was more about, you know, my adventures and lessons learned at the end of each chapter. The second edition has the three-step process, but I would like to take it even further. I think we live superficial lives often because we're very, very busy. I know we are here in Silicon Valley, and we don't take the time to deal with the tough issues, whether they be family, friendships, or in the workplace. We just keep keeping on, Uh, and we're stressed, and we're overwhelmed, and things don't seem to get better. And you go out, and you don't see smiles on people's faces because they have a lot going on in their lives. We need to take the time to have some solitude, and and loneliness and solitude are two different things. Solitude by yourself to just think. Let your mind wander. Think about where you want to go. Think about what you need to do to get there. Think about the friendships you need to have. And all of those things, if you plan it out with flexibility, because things change, obviously, and use your personal GPS system and keep checking in with yourself, you're going to feel a lot more confident and secure as you move forward in life and in your career. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some of the some of the challenges I personally have is I seem to react or make decisions before the strategy, um, <laughs> yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the strategy catches up behind it, and then you know you alter your decisions going forward. Um, it's hard sometimes to get the right protocol of strategy and decisions, right? That's so true. That's so true. I, as a child, I wanted to either be an actress or a missionary. That sounds good. (laughs) A missionary in South America. What what are the two? The actress, I like to communicate. I like to do public speaking engagements. I like to interact with people. The missionary part is the generosity, the compassion, the kindness, the service. Actually, in the corporate life, I'm doing that today. And with my Mm -hmm. book, I'm doing that as well. So I'm actually doing what I love, 
Am I a missionary in South America? No. Am I an actress on Broadway or in films? No. But I'm actually following my dream and my passion. I just didn't know how to articulate that mm. early on. Yeah, that's really interesting because that's something that we do in coaching, too, when someone says they want that. It's like, what are the components of that that really appeal to you? And just like you were saying, Pamela, you're finding that in your work now, even though you're not an actress on the stage, <laughs> all of those components of what you want it to be is in, included in that. And uh, in both of those, in both of those. Um, it's like Harry Chapin's song, Taxi. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, so, but yes, it takes strength to lead. And for someone like you, Pamela, to be in the corporate position that you're in, it takes strength because, um, you know, others would question maybe the commitment or the past. So somewhere along the line, you decided or made the switch to lead with your behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I think, took courage. Well, thank you. Thank you. I think it took courage to do this book in the first place because you mm-hmm. basically are opening the kimono. You're basically saying, these are my weakness. This is something I'm slightly ashamed of and embarrassed about. That is the one question I don't want people to ask me at a cocktail party. How many times have you been married? I'll tell you my age, my weight, <laughs> you know, hair, natural hair color, any of that. But it happens, and it's embarrassing, and it's even difficult for me today. And uh, someone very close to me said, you know, isn't that a weakness to... I wouldn't be sharing my weaknesses in a book like that. Why would you do something like that? I said, because I can help other people. And there are people out there who are just like me. They're hiding in the shadows of life. They don't want their children to know they had that one extra marriage. They don't want their employer to know. And this is really interesting that every time you fill out a job application, uh, these companies today do background checks not just credit checks, but actual background checks. And every married name I've ever used since I've been in the workplace has come up. I was actually Pamela Anderson first time around. Well, <laughs> I um, say in my book, I'm afraid my social security check might end up in Hollywood in the next couple of years. But actually, <laughs> if the reverse happened, I'd be even happier. But, uh, well, uh, you know, I remember leaving off a name when I was filling out the application for the background check at this company. It went so I thought... Nobody's going to go back to 1971, and I left that name off because I thought human resources is going to see this. Mm. They're going to think I'm a total flake, and I'm not. I've had a really good work history. I'm a really good person. But for women in particular, when you change that name, which I have always done except for this last time because it was just too much work, uh, that name, uh, that audit trail will follow you. It Mm. definitely will. Bankrupt. Um, I've never uh, had a bankruptcy, but I understand after seven years that can fall off your record. But the names you've had on these legal documents, on on you know, parents' wills, more, states and everything, more, they follow you. <laughs> right. It takes a little more analysis up front when you you have to understand that, right? When that right. happens. Yeah. Um, before we go and take our final break, I just want to say um, to everyone, you know, when you get to that decision-making or that self-assessing or that maybe need for change, what we're hearing today, I would say, what would Pam say? 
Mm-hmm. What would Pamela Evans say? Let's check the book, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, because there's been so many situations that we can learn from. I mean, this is real, and she put it out there. Yeah, she's a lot of courage. Yeah. Um, and this is great. So, um, I just wanted to share that and we will take our last break and come back. Uh, corporate talk with Charlie and Eva with special guest Pamela Evans. We'll be right back. Charlie Labosco is an author, speaker, and trainer with over 40 years experience in the corporate workplace. Contact Charlie today to interact, influence, and inspire others in your organization. Whether it's a one-hour keynote presentation or a five-day training seminar, Charlie is available to speak on many topics, including making a difference in the workplace, even as one person, building shared leadership teams, and his signature award-winning seminar, Care Certification in the Workplace. Charlie speaking at your organization will make a difference on day one. For more information and to book Charlie, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on TalkZone. Welcome back, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And our guest today is Pamela Evans. And you can learn more about Pamela at her website at ring-exchange.com and that's where also where you can find the book as well as on Amazon. And the book again is Ring Exchange Finally Getting It Right Life Lessons from a Multiple Marrier and it's in its second edition. Um Pam, this has been an absolute absolutely great conversation because so many people struggle with this and I liked what you said before the break about, you know, someone had come up to you and said, "Well, isn't it weakness to share all of this?" And I find it to be exactly the opposite as I know you do too. Is it's courageous to share it. And once you share all your little dark spots, there's nothing else to hide, right? I mean, you can right. completely step into your power and be who you want to be because no one's going to be able to say anything to you that's embarrassing because you've put it out there ahead of time. It's that's terrific. True. And I think you have to make your own sunshine in life. You mm-hmm. have to build yourself up and, and increase your self-esteem. And I think uh, learning is a lifelong process. I think we should get on that path of self-improvement and stay on it throughout our lives. And that's what I'm trying to do. No, it's terrific. And you're you're such a great role model for people that struggle with this because this is something that you struggle with. I mean, nobody wants to get divorced. No one goes into marriage thinking that they're going to get divorced. And so having gone through that as many times as you had, that was really gut-wrenching for you, I have no doubt, every single time. Every single time you got married, you were looking forward to it, and every time you got divorced, it was just must have been harder and harder and harder. And, and each, try, each time I tried harder and harder because I needed it to work, I wanted it to work. That's really interesting. A lot of people say, okay, why at age 61 would you get married? Well, I was 60 last year. <laughs> get married for the fifth time. It's the fifth time a charm. And I said, you know, I didn't need to get married. I didn't have the emotional or financial need to do that, and neither did my husband. Uh, we did it basically for practical reasons, but but we feel like we have a life purpose together, and just having that union made it so much more special. But we did not do it for moral reasons or religious reasons or anything else or, or because we felt we had to. It was something that we, that we both 
agreed to do, and actually he wanted it more than I. It was the first time I was not a poodle on a pant leg saying, marry me, marry me, you have to marry me. <laughs> I like that, poodle on a pant leg. <laughs> I have okay. not heard that before. That's a good one, Pam. That's, that's one of my southernisms from way the back. Southernism. <laughs> so we've got about, I don't know, we've got a few minutes, about five, six minutes, and what advice would you give to people that are looking for a committed relationship, be it, you know, with another person or even be it with a job? Yeah. You know, I would say never begin a relationship from a position of personal weakness. You know, always start from a position of personal strength and seek a relationship. And that can be a company, too, that really is going to foster a healthy life balance for you. I think that's really important. And I would also say between jobs, between romantic relationships, take the time to get stabilized. Look back before driving away. You know, make a plan uh, and actualize that plan. When you when you go out there, vet the situation very thoroughly and don't just settle. I mean, we we've often done that. I have uh, accommodated poor performers on in in the workplace just because it was easier. And I know I settled when I was choosing partners uh, to get married to. And I think people often do that. They settle because they feel desperate, they're in need. Really stay in that place of personal power, uh, and you will be so much happier in the long run. That's great advice. Uh, I would even, no, that is great advice. Mm -hmm. I would take it back to the boardroom even and share lessons learned with my company so that they can see how to build a better company knowing what if if I had the diverse background of someone like Pamela Evans I would want to know how we're doing what have you seen that we can do better I think you have insight that your company may not know they need right well, thank mm. you thank you I've only been there two months so <laughs> I'm looking forward to contributing a great deal more well, there's something to be said for that whole piece of empowerment, right? You know, when you start becoming empowered in your personal life and in your professional life, I mean, it makes such a big difference because now you're coming to the table just kind of like what you were saying earlier, Pam, and what we were just talking about where you were saying, you know, now you're bringing your authentic self not only to your your personal life but to your professional life and when you bring your your authentic self into the workplace there's really nothing that you can't do because you're just moving ahead as yourself and you're and people see that people people respond to authenticity i think they do yeah. i couldn't agree more you will attract the right people to you in the workplace and in your personal life when you come from a place of authenticity, when you are who you are. People want a genuine you, whether you're selling them something, whether you're just having a meeting. People want to know who you are. They want to trust you. And when you are genuine, that comes shining through, and things just get better and better for you. So I have a question for you in the last few minutes that we have. You know, if someone's really out there and they're really struggling and they don't even have your book in their hand yet, what would be one step that they could take, you know, starting tomorrow that would help them move in a different direction? Have that aha moment and be willing to change. You, you have to say, I have a problem. 
other people may tell you you have a problem, but I had to realize that I had a problem with maybe commitment in relation, personal relationships. I did not like this cycle. I wanted to break it, and it was up to me to want to make that change. So the first step is to recognize you have a situation that you want to change, and then step by step, find ways, whether, again, it's through self-help books or coaching or talking with dear friends or whatever, or taking a class, whatever it is that helps you move away from that unhealthy pattern is what you really need to do. Oh, that's terrific. Yeah. yeah. Sort of like, okay, Charlie, I know there's courage in there, so listen to me, right? I'm mm-hmm. looking in the mirror. <laughs> right. Talking and, to yourself. Yes. Right. And that's what... We all need to do at times. Mm-hmm. Sometimes yeah, we, we get a little ahead of ourselves. Right. Um, excellent. No, this is This has great been a advice. great conversation. Yep. Oh, thank great. you. I've enjoyed every minute of it, and you've been great host, and, and thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, no, you're a very strong leader, and we are grateful that you joined. And, Pam, why don't you go ahead, you know, before we finish, and share your contact information and your website and the book one more time. Just one more time, okay. You can reach me on email at marrier at ring-exchange.com and you can find me on my website at ring-exchange.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. Excellent. Great job, Pamela, um, and keep up the unbelievable courage because <laughs> we're all learning and benefiting from it. Oh, thank you. Thank you both. I really appreciate it. Have thank you. Take care. So it was a great show, right? Um, very strong person. Yeah, we um, learned a lot. Keeps climbing, keeps moving, and mm-hmm. is finding not only happiness, but um, leadership and, and career. And showing others how to yeah. do it. And showing others, you know, don't, you know, go ahead and share what's going on yeah, in your it's life a great to make book. it different. Yeah, it really is. It's a great book. Yeah, it's terrific. Excellent. Good job. See you yes. guys next week. Yes. And remember, our replays are always available 24-7 on TalkZone.com. And don't leave greatness in your head. Speak up. Perfect. Have Bye, a great guys. week, everyone. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>